0: welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, and uh, this is where we empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear independence and thrive in everything you do. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk all about medication, and we're going to answer the question of, is there something other than medication for migraines? And we're going to get into the side effects of all these different medications. There's actually 10 different classifications we're going to look at each of those just so that when you go to your primary care doctor or your neurologist next time and they say all right we're going to try this new medication you will already have an understanding of what that medication is you'll understand what the side effects are maybe you'll even shock your doctor and say well it has this side effect is this really appropriate for me is this getting to the underlying cause Maybe you can stump them and ask where the pain's coming from and why that medication is appropriate for them uh, as addressing an underlying source of pain, and uh, they'll look at you and uh, not really know what to say, and that that might be kind of fun for you. But um, what we're going to talk about are the 10 different classifications of drugs, uh, pills that you can take, slash injections that you can take for migraines. These are commonly prescribed, just about everyone I see is on these drugs, uh, just about everyone I see has not found success with these drugs, and that's why they're seeing me. Just about everyone I see is frustrated because they know it's not solving the underlying problem, and so we're going to go through those. I'm going to educate you. Maybe you're on one or two of these drugs right now, and uh, maybe you didn't realize that you're you're sort of at risk for certain things, or that there's side effects, or maybe you didn't understand how it actually functions. Because oftentimes these are just prescribed. Um, and, and you really don't know what it's doing to your body. Uh, but all these drugs are really changing the the sort of systems that are natural to our body, uh, hormones, uh, the the pain pathway, they're shutting off certain things that our body naturally should do. And uh, there's the benefit is potentially it'll change the frequency and the intensity of your migraine symptoms. Uh, But the negative side of that is that it's not specific to your migraine symptoms. And so the rest of the body is influenced by these medications. Now that kind of goes without saying, I think people understand that, but oftentimes people don't understand uh, what actually the risks are involved with that. All right, so let's jump into it. The first classification is the newest, the latest, and greatest. Uh, If you watch the Olympics, you'll see advertisements for these CGRP drugs. That's calcitonin gene-related peptide inhibitors. That's a mouthful. There's no quiz. You don't need to repeat that. Um, These go by the names of Amovig, Ajovi, Emgality, and they will be in your face during the Olympics. If you turn on the TV, um, there is big money in these pharmaceutical companies pushing these drugs. Now, they're not uh, it's not like they're all bad, but they really only promise about 50% of people, 50% reduction. So half the people that take these drugs will will have no relief and maybe even side effects associated uh, with trialing this drug. And uh, and only 50% reduction. So if you're someone that has a migraine a week, for a month. um, This is promising you that it'll drop down uh, to two a month potentially. So you have to to figure out if that's going to be valuable for you. Now some patients in my experience have said uh, that because of the side effects they experience from these drugs that they they don't want to go down that road. Sometimes patients that 50% of people getting 50% relief isn't necessarily convincing enough to try it because they know it's not addressing the underlying source of pain. A lot of my patients uh, are just not wanting another medication. So what is CGRP? It actually occurs naturally in the body um, and it's, it's a, it's released during a migraine. It's, it's a protein that um, is actually responsible in transmitting pain. I've talked about this before in my other podcasts, uh, but it, it's a, within the nerves in the head and the neck, it's uh, responsible in transmitting that pain pathway. And so really these CGRP inhibitors are just shutting off that protein from being transmitted. This is actually sort of a common mechanism with medications is um, there's uh, these proteins and they bind to a receptor. And so blocking that sort of transmission is a way that we can use to intervene, not just with pain, but with a lot of different things. And uh, so that's classification number one. Again, you'll you'll see that. I mean, it's probably like on the bus, public transportation as it drives by your house. Like it's kind of all over the place. Um, and if you go to your neurologist, they probably have a free sample that you'll try. Like there's a big push for this type of stuff. All right, let's move on to. Uh, hold on, let me back up. My my analyst here is uh, is giving me new new information. So we have some of the. Uh, side effects connected with the CGRP drug. So first we have uh, injection site reactions. Um, and so that's just locally uh, after you receive the injection, uh, people are getting some kind of uh, reaction near uh, where the needle enters the skin. Um, pain, swelling, itching, rash, that type of stuff. Now, that uh, I feel like people are, are kind of used to that, but that is that is sort of a, a local kind of probably a temporary um, reaction to the injection. Um, and then, yeah, some people with CGRP still experience headache and migraine attacks, um, nausea, fatigue associated with the migraine. So the, the side effect um, of the drug is is headaches or migraines. Um, so that's great, right? Um, you, you you take a drug, hey, it might might make it worse. So constipation. So constipation uh, was listed as a side effect for the CGRP drugs. Um, Amovig, for example, caused constipation and just under... Uh, a half a percent of people who used it. Um, and so it, it is something to consider. And I've actually had a few patients that mentioned that as well. So maybe not uh, as uh, as uncommon as you might think. All right. So now we'll move on to uh, a second classification known as analgesics. And these, these are used for mild migraines. So Um, This is just like over-the-counter stuff, the the NSAIDs like ibuprofen or acetaminophen like Tylenol. Um, These are sort of the the safer, um, less less maybe potent or aggressive form of pain relief. And uh, most patients that I talk to have used this, so Advil, uh, Motrin, Tylenol, that type of stuff. Um, So, I mean, side effects there, long-term use, it'll affect uh, just... Ha, how our liver has to sort of break down these types of medications, and so it is something that we have to consider with chronic use. And oftentimes, patients get into this daily use of these analgesics, and um, and it and it can be something that's damaging. I have a few patients right now that are unable to take these because they took them for so long that uh, their body has a negative response to them, and uh, and it's damaging um, to the the internal health. Uh, of their organs as it's trying to process these meds. So number three, let's move to triptans. So triptans are a classification of drug that actually constrict the blood vessels. And uh, as they constrict the blood vessels, it's sort of a mechanism that blocks uh, the pain pathways within the brain. Um, There are warning labels on these that state that they can increase uh, blood pressure to dangerously high levels. Um, And then sometimes the actual the heart can be affected to the point where they need to do an EKG uh, with long-term use. So again, um, tryptans are, are commonly prescribed, but just know with long-term use, a lot of the these drugs will have sort of a compounding influence, and, uh, and the body over time is going to have a negative response to that, or can have a negative response. Um, so some of these are sumatriptan, um, naratriptan. There, there's actually several different types. All right, now let's jump to ergots. So, ergots or er- ergotamine is uh, a naturally occurring ergot alkaloid with uh, vasoconstricting analgesic properties. So, what that means is it actually will constrict the blood vessels and it will reduce pain levels. So, it uh, selectively binds and activates to a uh, serotonin receptor uh, located in the blood vessels um, in our brain. So this is something that uh, can be effective for reducing uh, pain levels through the, the blood vessels within the brain. And this is something that originally they thought was the source of pain for migraines because of that throbbing, pounding sensation. They thought, oh, this is a, a vascular problem and, and medications like this being effective further sort of uh, bolstered that theory. And I talk about this in, in a different podcast. But just because these medications affecting the the vasculature within the head uh, and the fact that that results uh, in some patients in a reduction in their pain levels does not mean that that's the source of pain. But some of the side effects with these ergots are numbness, um, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, um, swelling, and itching in any part of your body. So uh, dizziness and nausea. A lot of patients already have dizziness and nausea. So to take a medication that can potentially increase those symptoms or cause those symptoms to like pile on top of what you're already feeling, uh, that, that can be something you have to consider. Now sometimes I have patients come in and because of their chronic long-term medication use, some of their symptoms are sort of ongoing more severe than they would be if Uh, they were not on these medications. And some of the more difficult patients to treat are the ones that are taking uh, chronic medications and uh, and their body has these negative effects um, from the medications that they're using. And that that can be difficult um, to uh, wean off of. Sometimes their bodies get so dependent on this stuff. Number five, let's talk about anti-nausea medications. So nausea is a very common symptom with migraines. And I'm sure a lot of you out there have experienced nausea associated uh, with migraines. So a personal story here. This week, I've had uh, sort of a busy week. I've been working on a lot of patients. And when I work on patients, I'm actually kind of leaning forward. And so it's not a great position for my shoulders and my neck. And I've actually been been feeling more tension through my neck and with that i've been getting kind of nauseous in the morning now i fortunately just hired uh, dr Storzbach and she's been able to work on me you'll actually hear her on our next podcast and uh, we'll have a little discussion but uh, that that nausea is directly connected to the neck tension that i'm feeling and so in my own personal experience i know that that this is a neck problem even though nausea kind of feels like a, a strange thing to be coming from the neck. Um, so some of these nausea medications, for example, uh, hopefully I pronounced this right, but uh, chlorpromazine is, uh, is actually used primarily to treat like schizophrenia, um, other psychotic disorders, um, and the, the kind of manic disorders, bipolar disorders, um, and it's actually used to control nausea, vomiting as well, relieve hiccups, that type of stuff. Um, and so, and then, then there's another type. Uh, meto, metoclopramide increases muscular contractions in the upper digestive tract, um, so it sp- speeds up the rate at which the stomach empties into intestines. And uh, it can, if used for four to twelve weeks, can um, treat heartburn. Uh, yeah, can treat heartburn and uh, caused by uh, gastric reflux and things like that. Uh, some of the warnings associated with these medications, uh, so the, the second medication I said there, so metoclopramide, in larger amounts than uh, recommended for longer than 12 weeks, um, so the high dose long-term can cause serious movement disorders that uh, may not be reversible. So again, I mean, this type of stuff uh, it's, it's technically called dyskinesia, so this movement disorder type stuff. Obviously, if you're taking it um, as your doctor recommends, it's probably a low chance of this type of thing happening, but you see the effects of that it has on the rest of your body, especially with long-term use. These uh, these side effects uh, can be something that you actually need to consider. Let's jump to number six. So we have glucocorticoids. This is like the prednisone, the, the corticosteroids. So the prednisone option is for pain relief, but there are some, some side effects that come with that. And prednisone is, is kind of an intense drug for our system. It has an anti-inflammatory effect, it, but it actually suppresses the immune system. And so some of the things that come along with that are osteoporosis Um, and so this is like, if you have low vitamin D, if you don't get a ton of exercise, you really want to be cautious if you're on prednisone, but especially as you're, um, as you're taking it, just know, like you're immunosuppressed essentially. And, uh, with, with COVID and with the pandemic, you know, taking a prednisone like this is, uh, is not always a great option. And it's not often that I hear patients are on this, but it is, a type of medication that's used for pain relief. Number seven, we have beta blockers. So beta blockers are commonly prescribed. These traditionally are used as a like blood pressure heart medication. So oftentimes patients that have hypertension or chest pain will be prescribed beta blockers, but just so happens that they found beta blockers are helpful for patients with migraines. But you have to understand that this is a blood pressure uh, drug so it's actually lowering lowering your body's blood pressure and uh sometimes patients will have uh difficulty with like uh, like maybe they'll feel like they have to pass out they'll get lightheaded so if you already have low blood pressure this is not a good drug for you if you go to the neurologist and you have migraines oftentimes they'll pres- prescribe this if you also have uh hypertension high blood pressure uh, if you've had a history of chest pain, if you've had any heart conditions, they'll throw the beta blockers into this. So this is propanolol. Uh, primarily, that's one of the biggest ones. Verapamil, lisinopril. Um, and so if you have one of these drugs, this is actually one of the, the preventatives. So typically you take this daily. Let's talk about uh, number eight. So antidepressants, antidepressants are used to uh, alleviate migraines by affecting levels uh, of different brain chemicals such as serotonin. So again, we see serotonin coming back into play here. Serotonin can constrict blood vessels and reduce inflammation. Examples of this medication are amitriptyline as an antidepressant. Um, It has sedative effects. So it's basically calming the nervous system through changing the chemical processes in what are called these neurotransmitters, which actually are used. These, these are the, the, the particles or the, the, what our body uses to transmit a signal um, through the, the nervous system. And uh, it's used to treat depression primarily, but it can be helpful in patients with migraines. Some of the common side effects are dry mouth, dizziness, drowsiness, Uh, distortion of taste, weight gain, increased appetite, and uh, headache disorder. So you can actually get headaches from taking this uh, amitriptyline, this antidepressant. A a couple of uh, these in the same category are uh, valparate or topiramate. And uh, these are commonly prescribed as well. So many of you listening might be on these. And then we have number nine, we have opioid medications. These are like the heavy hitters of the pain medications. There is an opioid epidemic in the United States and this is something our US government is trying to solve. The, uh, the Surgeon General has come out with statements and there's restrictions on what uh, primary care docs and neurologists or any doctor can prescribe. They're trying to cut back on opioid use because it's become so prevalent. So this is Oxycontin, Vicodin, Percocet. These drugs uh, can be very dangerous. Oftentimes they lead to death and people that overdose on them. Some of the short-term effects, uh, feeling of euphoria, you can get dry mouth, you can get headaches, you can get flushing, mental fog, constipation, drowsiness, itching, respiratory depression, lethargy. And the long-term use sort of side effects are addiction. We know these drugs are addictive irregular heartbeat, increased risk of heart attack, depression, constipation. And those are those are seriously worth considering. If you're on opioids and you're chronically taking Percocet, Vicodin, or Oxycontin, um, I would say it's seriously time to consider reaching out. And we need to come up with a better solution for treating your pain, um, treating your headaches and migraines than taking opioids. All right. And then We have a couple interesting stats connected to the opioid uh, crisis we have here in the U.S. So in 2019, nearly 50,000 people died in the United States from opioid-involved overdoses. And uh, uh, fentanyl is, is another one of these that has just been significantly abused. The economic burden on the U.S., this is from the CDC, and it's $78.5 billion a year, which includes the cost of healthcare, lost productivity, addiction treatment, and the criminal justice involvement. And so these drugs have a serious burden on our country as a whole, But especially you taking them at home, we we need to come up with a better solution because of the impact this is having. We can't just keep prescribing opioids. All right, and then finally we have anticonvulsants. So this is like an anti-seizure drug. So these uh, calm overactive nerves in the brain and ease symptoms. So our brain is getting this strong pain signal. These drugs go in and they kind of calm that pain signal down. This is diazepam. We have uh, another one called Divalpro-X um, and a couple others here, but oftentimes they're used to treat bipolar disorders. Um, they can be used in like trigeminal neuralgia, diabetic neuropathy, that type of thing. Um, so that's, that's anticonvulsants. More common side effects include acute confusion, double vision, blurred vision, dizziness, drowsiness, um, unsteady gait, things like that. All right, so you're sitting at home and you're like, man, I take some of those medications. What do I do about this? I didn't realize they had these side effects. I kind of thought they were just masking my symptoms. I don't like taking medication. Dr. Tave just kind of burst my bubble of that next medication being my solution. What do I do from here? Well, the good news is if this is the first podcast you're listening to, then I want you to listen to my other podcast. I want you to subscribe to or Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. Um, we have an email list that goes out and uh, those emails are very, very helpful for people getting you to understand and just think differently about your headaches and migraines. And this podcast is all about that. It's thinking differently about your headaches and migraines. In a world that was had healthcare that was focused on conservative measures and wasn't just pushing medication, I would not want to eliminate these drugs. The amount of research and time that went into these is good and it's something that can be helpful for patients. But what we want to do is treat the source of the pain, which is the neck in most situations. And so if you have not had someone evaluate your neck, looked at C1 and C2 and the head sitting on the first bone and and checked rotation through these upper joints and nodding and look specifically at movement, Then you have likely been missing the problem for years and years, however long you've been dealing with this. And this is what I do every day. Most of the patients that come see me will get off of these drugs completely because we're treating the source of pain. And the only side effect of me working on you with my hands is a little bit of soreness. Now, if you can't come out to see me, I want you to reach out and we can set you up with a virtual evaluation where I evaluate you virtually and I will talk you through everything that you can do at home to help. That's been very impactful for a lot of patients. But if you're just listening to this and you're not going to take action right now, then I just want you to understand that your neck is likely the source and these medications should not be taken long term. And if, if they are taken, they should be taken um, with with consideration of these side effects and consideration that they're affecting uh, multiple systems within our body. And we need to get a more conservative approach that addresses the source of the pain on board as soon as possible. Now, people that do what I do are hard to find. It's very, very challenging for, for me to find people people in other states that do this type of thing, but it's not unheard of. And for you, if you're truly suffering, it might be worth it to to find this type of care where you live. And then if you're listening to my podcast and you live in Colorado, then you need to come see me. Um, If you are suffering through headaches and migraines, please don't suffer another day without making the trip out to come see me within the first visit. We can get um, some very, very good progress. Thanks again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves. It's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Stay tuned next week for another podcast episode.